stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode 493 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, recorded live exclusively over at www.geeks.live here on Thursday afternoon, July 14th. 2022 i am chris joining me the usual band of misfits we'll start first with mr willie d nelson oh that's me hey everyone how are you doing especially you jeff how you doing over there shut up jeff i don't don't want a response for the one listener whose name might be jeff that was for you that was for you (laughs) he's real uppity i can tell you that also uh, joining us uh, mr anthony bachman Eat a dick, Jeff. Nobody likes you. Wow. Oh, no one likes when he does the stupid shit. Wow, that, that was mean. <laughs> we, we love you, Jeff. Thank you for listening. And Only Chris you loves you, listening. Jeff. I love everyone. I, I'm done hating things for a while. There are, There's no hate out of me. I'm just I'm accepting of things. Oh, we shall see about that. I mean, <laughs> for instance... Well, he's going to bring you something to hate. Yeah, we can't talk about it this week, but I did see Thor Love and Thunder. And I don't understand oh, why yeah. so many people are hating on it. Is it the we best? We can talk about it. We just can't spoil it. Right. Is it the best MCU movie? No. No. Is it the worst? Far from it. I thought it was fun. I had Is fun. Is it the best Thor movie? No. No, Ragnarok. Is it better. the worst Thor movie? No. <laughs> it can't be worse than uh, The Dark World. Some, yeah. All I know is there's a gag that they put in the movie in post-production to throw back to a meme from 12 years ago. And my fiance was laughing at me about how hard I was laughing in the theater about something very stupid that they did with a sound effect. <laughs> like, look, I don't know why, but I, I thought they were hilarious. I love a, the goats. There's a certain joke <laughs> in that movie that they just beat into the ground. And here's the thing. I still laughed every time. Like, I yeah. knew it was coming. And I'm like, I was Ugh. I was laughing like a madman in the theater at some of the stuff that they did. Someone's like, oh, all this movie is is Taika Waititi laughing at his own jokes for two hours. I'm like, OK, that's funny. So I guess if I he entertained s- himself, go for it. I saw an interview or read an interview with Chris Hemsworth somewhere that was Taika's original cut of the movie was close to four hours long. And he was like, yeah, I got to cut this down. So they cut down a lot. And then people started oh. asking well, when are we going to get the director's cut? And I'm going to paraphrase because I can't quote Taika directly because I don't remember the full quote. But the paraphrase was, there's a reason it's a director's cut. It's cut for a reason. You guys aren't going to see this stuff. Like Lena Headey was on set to record a bunch of stuff. Didn't use any of it. Jeff Goldblum was what? on set, recorded stuff. Didn't use any of it because it didn't work or it didn't click right. So they actually had a bunch of folks that they brought Damn. in that they didn't use it. And then Taika had basically said, I mean, it's deleted for a reason. Director's cuts well, are generally not good. They're removing I mean, it from a movie for a reason. Goldblum makes sense because it's Grandmaster. So, like, he's got a character. Has Lena Headey been in the MCU yet? No, it was a new character. Oh, that would have been so cool. She's such a badass. Yeah. Which, and the only reason I know that one came up is evidently she's getting sued by, like, her former talent I company, was going to mention that. And it was because they say, hey, we should get a cut of the money you were paid for Thor Love and Thunder. And I guess her retort to them was Taika Waititi called me and asked if I wanted to be in the movie. <laughs> you guys didn't yeah. do anything for this. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. where like agents and managers. It's like, oh, we want 10 percent of all the work you do. It's how about you get 10 percent of the work you get me. Right. Because Yeah. If somebody calls the star directly and offers them a role, the agent, the manager did nothing. 
They did zero. They should not get paid for that. I mean, what do I know on that one? I thought it was entertaining. <laughs> and I saw that. And look, this is very much a Taika Waititi movie. It very much yeah. is. Like, if you like his sense of humor, you're going to enjoy this movie. It has all of those staples of it. You can tell that most of the people on set are having fun. You need to do weird and crazy stuff. Yeah. And evidently, he was having fun with it, too. I mean, there was oh, some stuff I saw. must have been. Korg had a blast yeah. in this movie. I mean, this is this isn't a spoiler because it was in the trailers. We all know Russell Crowe was in the movie as Zeus. Evidently, yeah. Russell Crowe really was like, I wanted to have a Greek accent. Taika wanted me to have yeah. an English accent. So they did all British. the scenes twice where he did each accent. A British accent. Yeah. Yep. So and then in the end, Taika was like, oh, he was right. The Greek accent was better. <laughs> yeah, because I, well, I like as he said, wait, like Clash whoa, 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 of the Titans, whoa, whoa, whoa. the classic I thought you films. Said, I said he wanted a Greek British. accent and. Watiti said he wanted a British accent. That's but, correct. Yeah. But then you said he did, but you said Watiti was right when he wanted. No, no, no. Watiti said. Watiti was quoted as saying that Russell Crowe was right yes. to oh, do yeah. it with uh, a Greek yeah. accent. Yeah. Of course he was right with that. Yeah. Who, but they you shot with that. Well, they shot everything both because Taika was saying, like, you know, the classic films and stuff, Clash of the Titans, everything, Zeus and all the gods were done by British actors. They had British accents. And so he's like, well, that's kind of what the audience expects. We should try to do that. And so then he's like, all right. And Russell Crowe did all the scenes with a British accent. He did all the scenes with a Greek accent. And then apparently Taika in post-production was coming around to it, watching it. And he goes, it's way more offensive if we do it with a British accent, because why wouldn't a Greek god sound Greek? And so, yeah, he's like, yeah, Russell Crowe was right the whole time. And he cut all the stuff that was done with a British accent. But yeah, he had Russell Crowe do every line twice with a different accent. I mean, why not? Why do it twice when you just, you know, take samples and like, oh yeah, that sounds better. Because well, he wasn't he sure if he didn't do yeah. that. Yeah. The way he enunciates, moves his hands and stuff along with it, so you couldn't just ADR it with an accent. Sometimes that's that's much tougher. Yeah, I enjoyed the movie. I had a lot of fun with it. I didn't think it was the best. I didn't think it was the worst. I thought it was pretty cool that pretty much all of Chris Hemsworth's kids got to be in the movie at different points. Yeah. which was cool. I won't get into spoilers as to who they are or anything like that, but all of his kids got to be in the movie from what I'd read. That's cool. I mean, they filmed in Australia, so it made things a lot easier for Hemsworth, I imagine. And our favorite um, uh, Asgardian actors are back. The the yeah. short Hemsworth and Matt Damon. <laughs> the fact that they're in there again and the spot that they give them was hilarious. I, I love that Matt Damon's in the MCU as two totally different random bullshit roles. He's an actor in Asgard, and he's a redneck on a truck in Deadpool 2. Like, he's one of the biggest actors in the world, and they got him for these two little silly roles where he's just, like, showing up for, like, one or two days and having fun. That has to be amazing. Yeah, I agree. I do have to say, when it comes to the MCU, though, I think we've gotten to the point where... People need to take half a step back and instead of getting mad that, oh, my God, this isn't doing a shitload of world building for us. Realize that, hey, you don't have to have all the movies carry all the world building anymore. You've got series. You've got other tie ins. And have you ever read comics? There's one shot comics all the time. And if you pay attention oh, yeah. to Thor, Love and Thunder, they're set up for other stuff there. They just don't like they just don't be like, here, look at this. Look at this. It's set up for the next set of movies. You need to pay well, attention and you'll see things that are setting up the next phase. And like Pat Oswald talked about it in, you know, the the newest Spider-Man. We didn't even see Uncle Ben die. I'm trying to remember in the new Batman. Do we actually see the Waynes get shot this time? 
No, no. I don't think yeah, so. mentioned, don't, but you yeah. don't see anything. Right. Which say, is why that's it's what I'm so saying. Good. Like the world building is done. The the cultural awareness of the origin of most superheroes is so ingrained in our society now. You don't have to see Uncle Ben die every movie. You don't have to see the Waynes get shot every movie. Like it's just known factors. Like if there's a killer with a hockey mask, you know it's Jason. No one has to tell you that. You just know. If you're over ten years old, you're aware of the zeitgeist of pop culture. Uncle Ben died. It made Parker a better hero. The Waynes got shot. It made Bruce a psychopath. Like these are things that we just know that don't have to be shown. So yeah, twenty nine movies into uh. The, the largest continuing ongoing, you know, cinematic universe, there shouldn't be world building at this point. All the worlds have been built. Some of them then destroyed and replaced with new worlds. Like Did you they, say Spider-Man's a better hero because Ben died? Yes. Yeah. Peter Parker becomes a better person because his choice I to could argue let that. someone, his choice to let someone commit a crime and get away with it because he was pissed at the moment leads to the death of one of his family members. From that point forward, Peter Parker is a superhero driven by guilt because of his own actions. Parker is a better person and a better hero because his uncle's dead. What? It doesn't make Jesus him... It's not Christ. a good thing. No, no. But it's I, but the point I would argue against that a hero. is that if Ben was still alive, could he not in, you know, influence him better further on? Well, they That's sort of, argument. they touch on Possibly. that in some of the what if books and things yeah. like that. Like the House of M Spider-Man, Ben was still alive. And Parker's instance. a dick in that world. Yeah, and he's, he's a, a world famous photographer, scientist, and he's an asshole. Well, <laughs> and pretending to be a mutant. Like that. Oh, yeah, and I, pretending I argue, to be a mutant. I would yeah. write him to be better. Well, yeah, and you could. That's a valid argument. I'm just saying that's. I mean, that's what makes Parker's driven by guilt. Most superheroes they're driven by loss or something else. Peter Parker is driven by guilt because he let a criminal commit a crime because he was angry at the moment with the person that the crime was committed against. So he said, "All right, I'll allow it," and that guy runs off and then later that night kills his uncle. And so he knows if he'd had stopped that criminal, if he'd had done the right thing, the way his uncle raised him. But because he didn't, he feels that guilt through. That's what the whole comic eight nine hundred issues of Amazing Spider-Man is about. Almost is thousand. the guilt that Peter Parker feels because he let he the way he looks at it, his uncle died because of him. He made right. a choice, and that caused his uncle's death. He's right, the think of three hundred main character driven by guilt. Think of three hundred. Remember they said like, uh, yes, look what they did with three hundred Spartans. Now what <laughs> are they going to do against ten thousand? Look, he yeah. had one good piece of advice. Imagine the plethora of good advice Ben could have told him throughout the rest of his life. He just yeah. got one piece. But of here's advice. the thing: Does that advice that you continually get from that person hit as hard when it's okay? Uncle Ben's constantly giving me advice. Cool. Versus, yeah. oh, I didn't take Uncle Ben's advice and then I lost him. I can't yeah. do that again. From a Anyone narrative standpoint, one is far more compelling than the other. Anyone who knows Spider-Man, they know with great power comes great responsibility. Right. If, if that's all you really know about Spider-Man, that's what you know. But, I mean, that, look look how impactful that was. It, it, it spawned countless. It's still ongoing saying to this day, what if he could have been live longer and said something much better than that? Who knows? Well, see, and what's funny, because so then expand that argument to the MCU, where that, the death of his uncle drove him to be a hero, but not necessarily the best version of Peter Parker that he could be. 
which leads to the death of his Aunt May, where she tells him, even as she's dying, that doing the right thing is the right thing, no matter what. No matter what it costs us, you should do the right thing. You have great power. You have great responsibility. She then dies in that moment, and he almost goes to the point of murdering someone with his bare hands to get revenge over it, but eventually, by the end of that movie, makes the most heroic, sacrificial choice because he's not the Iron Man. I need everybody to see that I did it and I beat everybody. He literally makes the universe forget about him because it's the best option and it saves everyone. He doesn't need the credit. He becomes a better hero after hearing the phrase and then his aunt dying. Now, I can't remember. Does <laughs> does Doctor Strange remember who uh, Peter Parker's Spider-Man no. is? So they okay, all know remember. who Spider-Man is. They all know Spider-Man's part well, of the Avengers. Who he, he was he in is, Germany. Well, yeah, he but, is a thing. Yeah, Spider-Man's a thing. He was at the, the fight in Germany at the airport. He helped the Avengers. He helped them beat Thanos. They all know Spider-Man. Nobody knows that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. That's what they forgot. The whole MCU, no lo- nobody alive knows who Peter Parker is. It is supposedly what the, the finishing spell does at the end of it. Fair enough. So stepping back sec to the MCU as a whole, like I don't get some of the stuff we've heard. Like Doctor Strange wasn't that good, and I didn't need to see it to know what's going to happen. Again, do you like stories about magic and wizards? Then watch it. it <laughs> we're not at the point now where it's like, oh my god, I have to watch every bit of Marvel content to know what's going on. That's both the blessing and the curse, depending on how you look at it. Probably the curse yeah. from the Disney standpoint, because it means not as many people go and see things. But let's be honest, Thor made a shitload of money, and a ton of people went to the box office. And so did Multiverse and, of Madness. Like and, it made a lot more in the first Doctor Strange yeah. movie. And most people, and I don't mean this to sound dirty, it will. If you're just a casual fan or you want to go enjoy a movie, most of those folks went in and had a good time. We're getting to the point now where it's the hardcore uh, yeah. fans that are a bit too nitpicky, I would argue. Well, how about this? Would a, a Multiverse of Madness make as much sense if you didn't watch WandaVision? No. Not as much sense, argue. but they kind of sort of I mean, explain. You could, but, I mean, you can argue it, it both ways because it's almost the same story as WandaVision with the influence of an evil text. So she kind of goes about doing the same thing, but while under the influence of dark magic. No, she was still evil in that. She was definitely evil. She she captured a whole town and ca- held them captive. Well, she but evil. she didn't know she that, was that is an evil thing to do. She regardless was, if she was she evil. Was, she did she something was, evil. She was dealing with issues. Like she was. She's dealing with, with it by the... taking everyone captive yeah. in a town. But when you have world-altering superpowers, you deal with things differently. Wanda couldn't just go Leave sit on the couch, people talk to alone. a shrink. It's still evil. Nothing about evil. It is. If, her intention, how long were they held there? Her intention wasn't to hurt anybody. I think if her intention was to hurt that town, that makes it evil. It doesn't. The intent doesn't matter in this case because what she did affected those people. Yeah, what she did was awful. I'm just not sure if I could if I, if I wrap the word evil around it. I the, did. To put it in more legal terms, you could argue that a lot of what happened in Westfield or Westview until the very end, you could argue her mental competency basically because mm-hmm. she was not under her own control and they made a big point of saying that once she realized what all had happened she consciously ended it and let everyone go yeah the point there was that she wasn't quite aware of what she had done and was kind of resisting learning it herself even because this was her ideal world where she had everything she wanted i don't think any of us would want to admit that wasn't real 
Yeah. How do you deal with grief if you have the ability to alter your own reality? Like, if you really don't want to deal with the death of a loved one, there are people that go into depression and have full-blown denial and do and will not accept that someone's dead. If you take that mental capacity and put that on someone that has the ability to alter their own reality and can change how the world works, I mean, that's that's a hell of a good story. That's what I loved WandaVision because I thought it was awesome. And when, when Vision drops that line about what is grief other than love persisting, like she still loves Vision and doesn't want to let him go. And so she was able to change an entire town's reality because of how that affected her mind. I thought it was great storytelling. It's evil. I don't know if it's evil. I mean, if you were one of those people in the town, well, how would you feel like? Oh, no. If you were one of those people in the town who basically got kidnapped and forced to tacos tonight, boom, I'm in the 50s again. What the fuck? Of course, if you were one of the people in those town, you would you would believe it was an evil act. I'm just saying from the character's point of view, I don't think she did it with the intention of harming people. Which kind of takes the evil aspect out of it. Is, is it good? No, of course not. It's an awful thing that she did. It was mean. It was torturous. Like some of those people on the outskirts of town that were just standing there for hours and couldn't move is, you know, awful, despicable. I just don't know if I it was mean, evil. Evil evil means going and do with the intent to hurt people. Thanos went in to heal the universe. Was yeah. he evil? Not necessarily. But he also killed half the universe. Yeah, his his willingness, his ability and willingness to destroy half of all life in the known universe is an evil act. Is the intention evil? No, because he was actually trying to help. The difference here is (laughs) he wasn't doing it for selfish means. Yeah, no, he he also everybody. But he was making a conscious decision to do it. The point with Wanda is she was not choosing to do that, and when she decided to. And when she learned what was happening, she stopped it. That's the difference yep. you have between Doctor Strange, where she leans full into, I'm going to do whatever the hell it takes to get them back. Yeah. I don't care about the consequences. There's, yeah, uh, there's a difference. Kid and take their power there's a moral difference, you could say. Yeah. So she just did all that. I can't really fully remember, but she did all that unconsciously. That's pretty much yeah. what they say in the show, is that yeah, because of the, you, ma- the matter of how yeah. her powers work that reshape reality. Then, then Thunderbolt Ross is right. You can't just let nuclear warheads loose like that. Yeah, she needs to be not, kept in check or killed. You're not wrong in regards to some of that. Like, if she if she just does that, we're like, whoopsies, sorry. No, there is no whoopsies, sorry. I mean, that, that Sometimes was, in life, when you fall, you fall all the way and there is no going back up. I mean, that was the point, though, is that her powers, yeah. she didn't control them. She couldn't control them. Her grief basically twisted everything and created that world. It wasn't her consciously being like, oh, my God, I, I'm going to make Vision come back and spend everything with him. It was she was out of control. But I mean, yeah, I liked it because like this is literally like this is like the House of M Scarlet Witch. Like things went so bass backwards that she said no more mutants and altered reality like and the same character in the comics created her own children out of magic. They were never real, but she made them again. I don't understand that. That was that was the part that's it's it's kind of the big plot hole in do it again. Yeah. The end of WandaVision and into the math math, uh, multiverse of madness is yeah, just make two more kids, Wanda, like. You used to have the ability to alter reality. If you could do it once, you could do it again. I guess the thought is, would they be the same? If you recreate them, is that still the same? I don't know. Mm. 
Yeah, I guess, yeah any any good comic writer could argue that. It's the ship of Theseus argument that Vision had at the end of the show, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where the fuck is White Vision at? What the fuck is going on with that? Yeah, yeah that we don't that, know. That's yeah, something to be determined still. Yeah. I, I don't think they actually had a plan for that. Vision 3.0 is flying around there somewhere in all white mode. Wait, 3.0? Oh, yeah. First one was Ultron, second one Vision. Okay, I get what you yeah. mean. The 3.0. It took me a second. Like, wait, 3? Was it going to be 2? No, okay. Yeah, because now it's basically Jarvis in the Ultron body. Yeah, he's he's badass. Mm. But not the Jarvis from the uh, uh, Peggy Carter series. No. No, slightly different. Slightly different indeed. Yeah, I think that's the better Jarvis. What do you call it? The fluent, the fluent language UI. I don't remember to be honest. That's how Jarvis started. That's what Tony Stark called him. He was a a fluent language UI, some a computer you could talk to, and it would do whatever you wanted by just talking to it using normal syntax, not having to give it computer commands. Wasn't that what what Jarvis started it? But. I mean, other than Vision, that's all it was, wasn't it? Well, no, because he moved, he he created, it turned into a full operational AI that before they tried to put it inside okay, AI, the thing. Gotcha. Yeah, it was running part. Like, what was Tony Stark says? Jarvis runs more of the company than anybody but Pepper Potts. Yeah, you got Jarvis was actually, didn't he? Yeah, he was running like the garages. He was running Dickhead. the manufacturing. Yeah, he was running actual parts of the Stark Industri- Industries company that didn't need like human oversight. He had put Jarvis in charge of him because that AI he had built, he trusted that much. He's like, now this part of the company, like shipping, Jarvis can run shipping. We don't need you know a person in charge of that. He can make all those decisions and sign off on everything. Jarvis over here taking their jabs. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Happy's over here like, well, I thought I was supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be moving everything in Homecoming. But I thought Jarvis I was more head of security. Yeah, why why, 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 why did Happy uh, in Homecoming? Why wasn't that just Jarvis taking control of that? Oh, yeah, because we needed Happy Hogan. Jarvis. Was, we needed someone to answer the phone. Jarvis was Parker dead, called. wasn't he? At that point? In Homecoming? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Why can't he just make another one? Mm-hmm. Well, no, he just brought I mean, his other AIs online. Again, had, no, it's the same argument AIs. again. Of If you piece yeah. everything back together from the same pieces, is that really them? Well, because it's a We're learning AI. We're talking about AI, a computer so, program. Yeah. Yes. That was effectively well, a person. Just make it, yeah. I mean, don't make it a different, I mean, don't make it a different, they don't have to be exactly the same, but you do the same, same. To uh, someone function. that has abandonment and attachment issues, I'm pretty sure that'd be fairly traumatic to Tony Stark to recreate him yeah. and have him not be quite right. And it it's not a be... fucking robot. Not to Tony, though. That's not a robot. It's an AI. It's a well, very, Tony's dumb as very fuck in that sense, different yeah. definition of those words. Tony's not well-adjusted mentally at that Actually, point. Actually, you know time. what? Let's be fair. Tony Dummy is fucking is a... stupid. I'm going to tell you right now. Dummy is a robot. Jarvis is an agree AI. Bachman, you agree with me? Tony's a fucking moron? A moron? No. Uh, because Team Cap, baby. Team Cap. Oh, no. He's made a lot of bad decisions. He's wrong quite often in Team Cap forever. You're here saying Team Cap when you basically just echoed a Team Iron Man line about Wanda Maximoff <laughs> less than five minutes ago. Yeah. No, 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 no. Tony's no. the one that I wanted to lock her up. Boss, remember? Not, not Tony Stark. Yeah. Tony and Stark, Stark didn't want that to happen him. to them. And Stark agreed with him, so you disagreed with Stark. You're a fake Team Capper. No, no. Fake, I'm agreeing fake. with Thunderbolt Ross, who had the original <laughs> idea. And then Tony Stark well, was agreeing with him. So I'm not agreeing with Tony Stark. I'm still agreeing with just and have, just having seen, I'm going to say five Hulk movies, read about 400 Hulk comic books. If you're agreeing with Thunderbolt Ross, then I know you're wrong. 
Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, but you also agree <laughs> with me too, didn't you? No, not about the whole, like, you need to lock up nuclear weapons. Or just, you know, get rid of the nuclear weapons. That's just a scaredy cat human saying these are forces out there bigger than, than I can control, and that makes me scared. Which is all of Thunderbolt Ross's entire character. His uh, daughter's boyfriend can beat up his army. Therefore, no, not, not that scared. I can't control it, that they are <laughs> threats. That's what. Well, not that I'm scared because, because uh, they have well, more power. No, because they are anything, threats and they have attacked. This no, is a thing. It's because he's military and anything that he can't control, he thinks will attack him. Well, I'm spelling why I think scared. So. He's thinking of a different reason. Yeah, because he's a chicken shit. Yeah, no, really this is a known boyfriend. entity that is an attacked and altered people's uh, uh, whole the whole lives with this. So it needs to be taken out. It's not because I'm scared because it's unknown. No, it's because it is known. We can see it has visual proof of what has happened. For those unaware, Willie will be running for the new opening of uh, lead field agent for uh, Department of Damage Control. Because he wants to lock up all these teenage kids with superpowers. Emphasis on damage. <laughs> oh, the way they left Miss Marvel, I wouldn't doubt it if they actually did the, what was it, the grounded storyline? Like, if they do a, another Miss Marvel season, they could fully bring in, like, a version of the champions and do the grounded storyline where they did Champions No More. Where they made it illegal for teenagers to be superheroes, that'd be hilarious. Well, as oh, okay, superheroes. I was thinking just having superpowers. How can you make that illegal when mutants exist? Not in the MCU, just in general. Like, you know, mutants get their powers at puberty, right? Well, yeah, that's how shitty some of the politicians are in the Marvel comic book universe. Is they outlaw people having powers. I'm outlawing biology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh wait, that is what kind of politicians are doing in our real world. I was, I was yeah. Saying, yeah, have you have you heard of you know where it used to be illegal for different races to get married? It used to be illegal for same sexes to get married. Yeah, outlawing biology. We've been doing that for a while. Okay, the same sexes. <laughs> I mean that that is a relatively new thing to get married. Why would you want to get married? That religion doesn't like you. So why why would you want to accept not, that religion? It doesn't make it's sense. Not so necessarily for religion. religious reasons. Why yeah. marriage is started with a religion. It's all about a yes, religion. Yes, but marriage is a legal contract in the United States and provides gives protections you legal that way. abilities that you do, do you not have, have if you're not government married? into saying whether you like this person or not and you want to be with them. That doesn't make sense to me you know, overall. Because that's whether or not the hospital will let you into the room. Exactly. Why or does that make a decision? Like, makes no sense. Because that's how our broken our system is to rely on yeah. Christian. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I brought it down. All right. So just, all right, here's an out of context spoiler for Thor before we go out of here. He's oh. here. He's there. He's every fucking where. And that's all I'm going to say. Bring the hammer out of down, context. Willie. Bring the hammer down. I'm sorry. What'd you say, Willie? I couldn't hear you. I said, be done with it. <laughs> be done with what? All of this. All of it? Shows all up, of everyone. It. Bye. Ba-da, da-da, da. It's our thing. Dang. Don't actually push the button. Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. I pushed the button, just not the button Willie was thinking. We're into the oh, button. Yeah I, was ha- yeah, I like that button better. For the news I of the week. You were gonna do the actual, I thought you were going to do the actual end credit, but I was like, don't do that. I was just joking, didn't need all that, but I'm happy you pushed the news of the week. I was very happy. Whatever, man, Maybe I do what I up. want. I do what I want. So we're into the news of the week. It's that part of the show where we run down 
some of the interesting geeky and nerdy news from the past week or so and share with you guys who are watching live. I'm going to go first. We're going to do some super quick power news because I got a few things that are relatively short just to bring up and then we'll move on to other topics. So let's see here. Let me get to the right scene for those of you on video so all of us are on screen again. Let's start first with uh, me laughing. And if you listen to the Gonna Geek show in the past, you've probably heard us talk about this before. And it sort of ties into some conversation we've had in here before. Is last week I talked about some of the home automation stuff I've done in my house. Oh, One you mean of, from Hey Google? Yes, don't say that. You'll trigger people's device. <laughs> Good, I'm beating to. Hey Google, order an Alexa. <sighs> <laughs> hey Alexa, order a Google. Stop. You're, don't do that. <laughs> All right, so it's funny though, Chris. You're laughing, but it's really annoying when you're listening to podcasts on a smart device, and that's why you should have headphones in. No, I should listen to it however I want in my house. <laughs> if if Chris I want to play point. it on every oh, speaker in my house by saying, "Hey, G word, play this on the everywhere group," I'll do it. I don't give a shit. Then God. you risk the automation. So why do I bring this up? <laughs> in the past, and on the GunnaGeek.com show, we had talked about a uh, smart home automation company that many of us had used. And I think all three of us on the Gunna Geek show had used it at one point in time was a company called Wink. And it's been around for about a decade now. They create home hubs and whole and sold equipment like lights and switches and things like that, that you could make smart and automate. And I want to say about five or six years ago, they were bought by will. I am yes. The guy from the black oh. peas owns the smart home automation company. Hmm. And yeah. once that, once that transaction went through, we started noticing degraded service from time to time where you weren't able to get your hub to connect and be able to run a lot of your routines. So say you had your lights on a schedule when you'd come home, if their services weren't working, your schedule wouldn't work. You couldn't say, hey, G word, turn on my living room lights if the schedule, if the servers were down. So they had problems. Hmm. And a lot of us started thinking, hmm, maybe we need to get off of this. And about three years ago, they had a problem where they basically forgot to rebuy their domain name and it took their website down <laughs> for an afternoon. I'm not I'm not kidding. That's basically what it came down to is they didn't own their domain name. So all of their certificates and things like that expired and nobody could run their stuff. And we all went, oh, this is a problem. This what if someone yeah. sniped in there and got it right, right? between? That would have been great. It would have been all. Yeah, it would have been certainly interesting. And around that same time, that's when it came out of, hey, uh, we know you guys are using these services. And despite the fact that we advertised on the box for the hub when you bought it, that there's no fees once you buy the hub, we're instituting a $4.99 a month monthly fee to be able to use this service. And a lot of us who had been dabbling in home automation and started looking at other things because they were uncomfortable with the reliability of Wink went, uh... F you, I'm not paying you $5 a month to keep using these services. And I, for one, jumped over and got a Samsung SmartThings hub. And by got, I mean, my dad bought a tablet at Best Buy and got it for free and said, hey, do you use these home automation hubs? I've got one I'm never going to use. So he gave me a hub and I moved all of my stuff over to Samsung SmartThings platform. So everything worked pretty much the same. You could hook it into Google Assistant, Amazon Voice Services, things like that. Steven moved over to a service called Hubitat, I believe. And I can't remember what SP had moved his stuff to, but he's no longer using the Wink Hub either. So we all jumped off around that time frame when there was extended outages due to them not renewing their domain names and their certificates, things like that. And it showed the flaw of, hey, a company that's floundering for money that can't afford to keep the lights on. Maybe we don't want to rely on them to run a bunch of automation in our homes. And there are tools and stuff that are coming out now that are making these individual hub vendors less useful or less needed and potentially 
if they ever deploy a new smart home, we'll call it a service, it's not really a service, but the brains behind smart homes called Matter that Google and a variety of other services are behind, you won't necessarily mm. need all these hubs. You'll be able to make things talk directly to your Amazon devices or your Google devices, things like that. So I was just browsing Reddit today because I have a couple home automation things bookmarked that I look and I see this story that had popped up on the verge that is, Hey, uh, you guys remember wink? Well, they still exist, but it's been broken since July 1st and they still have no idea how to fix it. So <laughs> broken. In fact, that their support emails weren't working, so they couldn't hear from customers, but somehow if you go and look <laughs> on the wink hub subreddit, their billing stuff still works. So if you were due to get billed on, say, July 5th, they still build you your $4.99 a month. But it is so broken right now that if you're a paying customer, you can't run any of your automations because they all rely on being able to reach back through the cloud to their servers. They have no ETA on when these services will be back. And they've been down since July 1st. And until about two days ago, their website didn't even load. Their website loads now. All it shows is a splash page. It says, hey, we know we're having issues. Go to this site for our status. And they have a separate page that is status.winkapp.com that shows the status of all of their different features and things like that. The only thing that is a green checkbox is their email support. Everything else is broken. So their website, their API, their integration with Google Home, their integration with Ring, their integration with other vendors like Sensi, August, Canary, Nest, Honeywell, Arlo, Ift. Uh, wow, that is a long list of broken shit. But yeah. you're, but you, like to say correctly, you said that's not, it's not showing everything because their billing isn't on here. Yeah, and their billing's not on there. But people did report <laughs> that they were billed. My assumption is they handled their billing through a completely different setup here. I don't know yeah. how that works, but people were really cranky. They about don't it. control. Yeah. <laughs> so they literally have no idea what is wrong and no timeline on when to fix it. And I go on the subreddit and there's still people that are like, well, I guess I should have jumped off when I saw the writing on the wall and other people going, well, I'm going to stick it through and wait and see if they're going to survive. Newsflash folks, if they've had an extended outage for two weeks, that's not good. Jump off the system, pick up some other kind of support or a hub, and move all of your stuff to there. So, I mean, is anybody still using Wink if yeah. none of it works? Well, people still own it, and there are some people that are saying there's two different generations of hubs. There are some people on the subreddit, at least, that are saying some of their routines on their Gen 2 hubs are working properly because Gen 2 could supposedly run things locally, meaning you didn't have to reach out to the cloud to do anything. So these devices, some people have reported, hey, my scheduled outside lights are still turning off and on like they're supposed to because it's being run locally versus being run in the cloud. It does go and show one of the problems with running things out of the cloud, but I kind of wanted to bring it up. I know it's not a topic that we've really talked about on here, but it's something we talked about on the Good Geek show before. And it just kind of made me laugh. And I'll be honest, at first I was more surprised that Wink still existed because I hadn't heard anything about them since I jumped off because I honestly stopped actively monitoring it because if I'm not using it, I don't really care if we've done other things. But then yeah. when I saw just how broken it was, I was just kind of aghast that some people were just like, well, I'm going to see it through or, well, this is just a pain in the butt when I'm going, man, I moved over to smart things 
and I've had a couple minor hiccups here and there where routines didn't work as scheduled. And I found out it's because the internet was down in my house or something like that. And I didn't have it programmed correctly to run out of the hub. It was still trying to reach out to a server. If you're on Wink, get off while you can. There's a variety of different things you can move to. I know some people were waiting to see when Matter would launch. And Matter's been supposedly going to launch the last 18 months and hasn't. Mm-hmm. Just get off Wink. I say the, the Twitter account at I am will for will I am. I would just keep tweeting at him until you get a response. Yeah. If he owns it. <laughs> well, oh, it seems plagiarist. like they did a bunch of things to cut budget once he bought them and then they couldn't bring in any additional like venture capitalists to keep what funding them. And, and, and the kicker is Wink was one of the very first smart home automation products that was out there. So there were a lot of people early on that had gotten into it when it was still called Quirky and started automating their homes that way. And as we've progressed, there's been other providers that have come out. They've started shifting some of these things so that they're built directly into, say, your Amazon devices. Some of them have hubs built directly into them so you can automate through them. So they're just passed up by everyone else because they didn't mm-hmm. evolve. And I was laughing. Steven was saying in our group chat, he goes, well, if I wanted to go buy another Wink Hub, they've been sitting at full price at my local Home Depot for like the last five years and they've never dropped the price on them. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you pay full price for any of that bullshit? Well, I mean, and the ridiculous. thing is, you can't even buy a hub directly from them on their website is what people were saying. Like, the writing was on the wall. You can't buy the hardware. All you can do is pay the subscription fee to keep your existing stuff running. Should have jumped off, folks. If you're, if you're impacted, I hope you are able to jump over to other products. As someone who did use a Wink Hub for about three years, I jumped to Smart Things, and it took me about two hours one afternoon to move everything over to the new hub and to write all my new routines and stuff like that. And it's worked ever since. And there's a variety of other products out there. I'm not saying go use Smart Things. Just get off. Move to other services. Willie's like, I don't give a crap about this. So I'll talk about no. something. Oh, little- no, I'm trying to mute because there's uh, someone mowing the lawn routes. I don't know if it's coming oh, through or not. Just a little bit. So I'll talk, <laughs> about something- okay. I'll talk about something that Willie might give a minor crap about. The Nintendo Switch. Oh. Yeah, minor. This is just a dumb little story that I wanted to share is that, hey, guys, it's getting really hot out. And a lot of people are liking the mm-hmm. one of the things that people liked about the Nintendo Switch is they could take it outside, play outside with their friends. They could go to the park, play Switch games in between doing stuff, all sorts of things like that. Well, Nintendo, at least in Japan, where they were supposedly having a heat wave in the past week, had tweeted out an advisory on their Japanese account that was spotted by Eurogamer that then translated that was basically like, hey, guys, don't forget the Switch, in order to protect itself, if it gets too hot, is going to turn itself off. We really don't recommend you operate it outside of the range of 5 to 35 degrees Celsius. For those of us that are still on Fahrenheit, which is us here in America, that's between 41 to 95 degrees. If you operate outside those ranges... It may turn itself off to keep itself safe. They did point out you're not going to kill your Switch by taking it outside and playing. If it overheats, it turns itself off to protect itself from getting damaged. It will only allow you to begin resuming play and power back on when it has cooled down to a safe temperature. So Only one time have I ever had like a phone... Uh, pop up with a message saying too hot turning off or something, you know, something to that. Effect. I've had it pop up on my current phone that it was throttling down a little bit until it cooled itself down because there was too much stuff going on in the background. But yeah, it, it's, it's tough to do and it's easier to do though, when you're out in a temperature outside of where you would normally expect to have your phone. Like we're used to, I'm going to walk from the parking lot to my office or I'm going to go run a few errands outside an incidental use, but if you're doing heavy use of your phone or your switch outside, when it's hotter than normal out, 
those devices run hot already, you're probably going to come up to an instance where it's going to thermally throttle and then shut itself down so that it doesn't damage itself. So just a heads up, if you want to play outside, your switch may turn itself off. Yeah, I know my iPhone's done it like once or twice driving around when it was super cold during the winter because where my pop socket sits is on my vent. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's hot air blowing in the back of the iPhone. But even then, I mean, that's after like 20 minutes of driving before it'd be like, hey, this is too hot. Like, get your phone off of wherever it's at. Conversely, in the summer, it would cool it down quite nicely so that it could do whatever you want. Yeah, I know. When I drive around now, (laughs) yeah. Like, you know, if I got my, you know, music or a podcast or an app or anything running, yeah. Like, I pull my phone off and go to put it in my pocket and it's freezing cold. Right. So, yeah, it, it works great in the summer. And I have one last quick news thing to hit on is let's address some of these dumb Fantastic Four rumors we've seen up on Twitter that started today. So I, before I start telling you, Eddie morning, Murphy is going to be Dr. Doom. <laughs> right. I said it here first. I took about 10 minutes before work this morning as I brewed my coffee just to kind of take a break and see what was trending on Twitter. And one of those things was hashtag Fantastic Four. And I went, oh, was something announced overnight on a, on a Wednesday? What the <laughs> hell's going on with Fantastic Four? So I pulled it up and there was a variety of different things there. But the top news story was reporting that Kevin Feige's top target and supposedly was on board to do it for directing and producing and being involved behind the scenes for everything on Fantastic Four was Steven Spielberg. And I went, well, that's a hell of a get if this is true. And I started digging a little. Yeah, well, you're right. And I started digging a little bit. I'm like, where the hell did this story even come from? Because nobody was really tweeting like a direct source. It was this Twitter account would link back to this Twitter account would link back to this Twitter account. And you're like, but nobody has a direct source. I guess this afternoon, there's an article up on variety.com. I couldn't load it because the page wouldn't load for me. So I'll try it again after this to make sure it's still legit. That basically went out and debunked and said, there's no truth to the rumor that Steven Spielberg is doing Fantastic Four. And no one knows where this rumor came from. That doesn't mean it may not happen at some point in time. But let's be honest. Does anyone really expect Steven Spielberg to come work the MCU? No. Not at all. No. No, but I mean, I don't Why know. After all the stuff I've heard about how he really wanted to do a horror film, and basically, he feels that the the pressure of all his successful Amblin Entertainment won't allow him to do a horror film. It would be hilarious if he just came out the gate with like, you know, a a new like X Men, you know, uh, Dark Phoenix, and it's like a three movie trilogy from Steven Spielberg, and half the X Men die. Like that would be amazing. Like it would be so cool. Do I see it happening? No. But the family-friendly man, if you can get Spielberg to do a Fantastic Four, I mean, either him or what, Brian Bird? Like, Brad there's Bird. Like, Brad Bird. There's like three or four directors. Didn't Brad Bird do The Incredibles? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he already stole some of the best storylines that St- Stanley ever wrote for the FF and made a movie out of it. So he already did the Fantastic Four movie. They just called it something else. But, I mean, yeah, like there's like three or four directors out there that do family-friendly really, really well. And honestly, if we got an Amblin Entertainment Fantastic Four, it would be amazing. Like, I would love that. Is it going to happen? It's <laughs> no. very, very small no. chance. And then there's more Fantastic Four rumors floating out there. Again, it's the no. same thing I saw with Spielberg. So I'm bringing them up here to be like, look, if you're hearing these, nobody knows where they're coming from. So take it where the grain of salt. Then there's casting rumors. And one of the rumors out there is that next week, I guess, is San Diego Comic-Con. I haven't been paying Mm -hmm. attention, so that sounds about right. But supposedly we'll get a Wakanda Forever trailer. Supposed 
insiders that you can only find on Twitter that don't source anything else are saying Dr. Doom will feature in Wakanda forever on top of the already rumors about Namor and that that will then spin off into Fantastic Four. And I went, what? And supposedly there was previses of Dr. Doom shared online and I didn't believe that they were real either. Do I believe mm. Dr. Doom is going to show up at some point in time? Yes, because the character's awesome and I'd like to see stuff like that. So that rumor oh, came yeah. out. Let's see. The other rumors we started getting is we started getting casting rumors that, again, I have seen not confirmed anywhere and not sourced by anyone with any accuracy. It's more of, hey, sure we've internet heard this, rumor mill. is that Reed Richards could be played by Penn Badgley, who was, uh, he's what, the serial killer on You? Is that him? Yeah, You yeah. is the name of the show, yeah. And was yeah, he on Gossip Girl killer. also or something like that, if I'm remembering uh, correctly? Maybe. Yeah, because he's... Yeah, star of Netflix show Odd Chose is a superhero. Yeah, just yeah, it just references the U series. So I think it's his most current popular thing. But yeah, he might have also been on Gossip Girl. Yeah, and then I've also seen other things floating around that Jamie Dornan is Reed Richards, or he might be Doctor Doom also, from what these sites are saying. Yeah, I'm seeing Doesn't another one so for familiar. He Simon was the Baker. lead male in uh the the, the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Yeah, Jamie Dornan. Oh, and he did a he did a series on uh, it was a BBC show. I can't remember where. Uh, 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 Gillian Anderson Scully was the detective chasing him, and he was a serial killer that murdered women in in uh, London, which was a really good show. That's I think that one went like three years. Yeah, you know three three years in British TV, so you know like twelve episodes. Yeah, the other rumor continuing with this: Amanda Seyfried's going to play Sue Storm. It'd be interesting casting. I don't have any problem with it. And uh, Joe Keery from Stranger Things is Johnny Storm. Uh, um, sure. I don't know if it'd work if if if, if those were both the like the same casting river. Having Siegfried as like playing the sister to Steve the Hair Harrington because they look nothing alike at all. But Did Chris Evans I mean, look like Jessica Alba in the way that like really pretty people look Jessica like pretty Alba. people. Yeah, she was Sue Storm in the one where Chris Evans was Johnny Storm. Yeah. Oh, Chris Evans. I thought you said Chris Hemsworth. I was no, like, what? no. Did I say Hemsworth? I didn't. If I did, no, I apologize. Might have been just my brain just said what? Yeah, no. You said Evans. But I mean, yeah, I didn't. If Steve the Hair Harrington goes from Stranger Things to Fantastic Four, that'd be cool. Look, I'd watch that. So why I bring this up is we were recording this on July 14th. It's 3.30 after, in the afternoon, Eastern Time. This is all <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> There's nothing confirmed out there. Don't get yourself super hyped based off of weird shit you're seeing on Twitter because it's probably not true and none of it is sourced. Like if you were seeing something from someone who's actually got credentials on Twitter, let's say Slash Film or Hollywood Reporter or reporters that work for them or folks like Peter Scretta over at Slash Film, then you can start to believe it because they actually have sources and they run things down yeah. and break news. If you see something from a dude on Twitter whose name is Sam JX one two three, the <sighs> fuck does he know? That dude, he knows <laughs> and, a lot of shit. And, and that's who ComicBookMovie.com is quoting or like, Cosmic well, Book yeah. Movie. And you that didn't say right, too. Sam JX. Uh, in, Inverse.com is the one that I'm seeing it has like ten of these leaks, leaks, quote unquote leaks. Guys, I've also seen Simon Baker as Doom. Which, yeah, I've seen that one too. Yeah, he's an okay actor, but I don't think he'd be able to pull Look, off Doom. We don't know shit is what it comes down to. So please, no. don't spread the stuff around because all you do is encourage more people to spread stupid shit so they can get clicks. 
And then it gets put on stupid websites that don't do any research. They just go on Twitter and Reddit to see what's trending and then write little articles about it so they can sell, so they can get people to click on it and make them money. There's no reporting going on here. It's theorizing. And I imagine if I had to guess, it all started from someone going, hey, here's my fan casting. And someone took that as the gospel and said, oh, my God, we have to make this happen. That's the funny thing is Kevin Smith has literally called that out doing episodes of Batman Beyond where him and Mark Bernard will be like, you know, he'd be cool in that this person. And this is why. Yeah. And then the next day, an article comes out about Kevin Smith. Hollywood Insider says so and so is playing this character. And he's like, I literally said in the podcast, we're making shit up. We're fan casting. I have no information. And still someone writes an article about it. And then somebody sources that article. And then now you have two places that you can source it from. And then people push that along as if it's a real, a real casting announcement and not just, it's not even a rumor. It's literally something somebody made up on a podcast just to try to be entertaining. Just talking like, Oh, Hey, wouldn't it be cool to see this character play or this guy play this character or this girl play this character? Like, it's literally just fan cast, and then people work it through the social commentary bullshit system and then turn it into, oh, rumor mill says. No, there's no rumor mill. It's no, there's no fan. It's just fan casting. It's just people talking about what they would like to see. There is literally not a level deep enough I could dig to. And I looked a little before the show to figure <laughs> out who's actually sourcing this. It's just a bunch of people saying, yeah, rumor has it. Or we're hearing such and such, and you go and look at their account, and they have like 600 followers, and you're like, the fuck do you know? And maybe some, maybe someone like that gets it right. Awesome. Congratulations. But let's be honest here. Those aren't the people 90%, 99% of the time that are breaking the news. Have some, how do I put this best? Just be smart when you're on the internet and go back to how <laughs> it used to be, which is don't believe everything you read immediately. Especially when it comes to like MCU casting and MCU directing, treat every day like it's April Fool's Day when you see something on Twitter and there you verify go. every time and don't start spreading the rumors. And please, for the love of God, don't go to wegotthiscovered.com and believe anything they say. Oh, they're the worst. Fuck those guys. Yeah, everything they said they, they have is clickbait and fake. I, I checked because I wanted to see what Slash Film was actually talking about. And they have a big article right now about all of the new just updated information, rumors about this, that, and the other thing, a lot of it regarding the MCU by Ryan Scott as of July 14th. And he's saying the biggest rumor is, yeah, Spielberg for Fantastic Four, and it's just a giant rumor. There's no fact to it. There's nobody sourcing it. It's all gobbledygook. It's all hubbub. It's all uh, scuttlebutt. (laughs) Mm. It's all horseshit and shenanigans. Just be smart. Stop believing bullshit on the internet unless you can, you know, get it verified. Maybe that's part of the problem we just have as a society as a whole, though. Well, because, I mean, you know, journalists used to be held accountable to having sources and verifying information. And then the internet became a thing. And you can just type whatever you want into a headline and publish it. I'm going to type in Anthony Bachman's going to be Mr. Fantastic and see where that goes. I mean, I, I, I could probably stretch into the role. And Willie Nelson is going to play the role of uh, Rick Sanchez in a, in a live action Rick Sanchez movie. Oh, I thought you were going to say the thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd have Willie as my thing. You want to rephrase oh, that? You big orange, you'd be my big orange dork. Rephrasing? Are, are we still? You wanna, you, do you want to change that <laughs> phrase again? <laughs> nope. Uh, I did like seeing this, though. They actually put, I guess, IGN did the numbers, and now with seven plus Disney shows and Miss Marvel finished in 29 movies, if you rewatch the entire MCU, 
it will take you 100 hours. So it is now the like the largest collection of any crossover universe thing ever in media. 100 hours of MCU. Yeah. The Harry Potter films are long, but they ain't 100 hours. Before we spin <laughs> before we spin off to the next news story here, uh, going back to phrasing, the best one I've heard today and I saw this on Twitter. It was from Big 12 Media Day, where the Big 12 football com- or athletic conference mm. is doing their events. The, the head Fantastic coach are going to be in the Big Ten. Yeah, right. The head coach <laughs> of the Oklahoma Sooners. This is his quote. The fire hose is fully inserted in my mouth here. We've been blowing and going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good That's the kind of one you that, see on uh, yeah. All Fantasy Everything. There's a Twitter account that's literally just All Fantasy Everything out of context. And they just take a line that the comedians say and pull it completely out of the story, out of the joke. And it's just, here's a phrase that somebody said out loud. And if you take it out of context, it's really damn funny sometimes. Yeah. That coach is just uh, blown and going, huh? Yeah. Well, he's got a fire hose in his he's mouth. He's got a fire hose in his mouth. Um, wow. Yeah, it was. That's that's pretty high up there in my out of context stuff that I've seen. He's having, a, he's having a week right there. Right. He's having a week. <laughs> All right, so th- those are my quick news bites that we kind of got distracted on. Uh, Willie, you said you had an update for us this week. What do you got for us, buddy? Yes, so uh, last week I mentioned that Ubisoft was um, going to be delisting and pulling off from their servers um, some games that you can't get anymore, uh, as you remember, and DLC and their, their online servers, I completely understand, like for on the multiplayer part. But for at least one game that I know of, uh, Assassin's Creed Liberations, I think it has the HD at the end, uh, That ha- the DRM on that game, as of September 1st, you can no longer play it if you own it. It is completely gone. Like The DRM is going to be pulled. The, the servers won't work, so it can't rectify if it's legal copy or not. So it just won't let you play it. Why don't they just, you know... Put a patch out that kills the DRM. Like, hey, the game's no longer I know, supported. That's a genius you idea. You guys can just that's play. Fucking yeah, that's fucking genius. It? No, no, you just won't be able to play it. It's and just, they're probably don't... they're still selling it, right? You could probably oh, go on yeah, Steam right now and buy on it. Sale. Yeah, I Fuck think as of right now, you can still my buy language. it up until they pull it. Yeah, Ubisoft is really fucking the pooch here. That, that's insane. You're still going to sell this game that you're going to basically kill a single player game because your DRM servers are getting turned off in September, but we'll still sell it to you to keep playing up until then. Or we won't even take the effort to, you know, patch the game to kill the DRM. Scandalous. Scandalous. Regardless if you think the game is good or not, that's, that's irrelevant at this point. It's It's just a bad precedent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to still be selling anything that you're planning on killing without a giant warning label. Yeah, oh, uh, I think uh, I saw like yeah, there is no, there is nothing on it that tells you that either. I mean, Let's see, didn't we say oh, last week we were talking about on Steam, like the reviewers, people were saying, hey, don't buy this game because it's going to die in like 14 days mm-hmm. on that one. But yeah, there's nothing that was actually in the Steam catalog that said, hey, this game will no longer be playable in X number of days, which it really should say that if they're planning on shutting it down. So if they're planning on shutting it down, I still think it sucks and the precedent is terrible, but if they went, hey, we're putting the game on sale for 99 cents for the next month, and then we're not going to put it for sale anymore, which is, you want to play this game, buy it for 99 cents, beat it, get the achievements knocked out, and and we're done. And 
for all I know, it is on sale to some extent or part of a larger sale somewhere. But to keep selling the game with no notice that we're pulling the plug on it. And I'm sure there's not a ton of people going out and buying that game on a day-to-day basis. Cause yeah. what it's like eight, nine years old, something like that. No, probably longer than that. Okay. So there's, I pl- think that game originally came out on the Vita. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's why it has the HD. I think that's the same one as well. The Assa- there's so many Assassin's Creed's out there. I can't keep them up, man. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. It's just a matter of the Preston's terrible. It's being set here especially when we're talking about a single player game that the only reason I can't play it is because the DRM you baked into it, you'll no longer support. What? What? Come on. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the only thing that why you can't play is because the DRM in it. Scandalous. I, why man. can't you just patch it out? I, I don't know. They don't want to spend the money to figure out how to patch it out when it's probably, I don't know. It's probably an oversimplification, think- but you could probably just, they probably have, from their testing purposes, a flag they can set that basically turns the DRM check off and on. I mean, I think that uh, it, it's worth it to just do that, you know, to avoid the bad press it's getting right as of this moment. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, also look at it from this perspective. We've talked about it before on this show, and there's whole groups that are set up all about game preservation. Your mm-hmm. game will not be preserved, cannot be made part of history. Well, because it's only you- on Steam. Okay, same, doesn't matter. Fair enough. I mean, you still go buy the disc on consoles or something. Okay. I was, wait. Was it PSP only, so it might be PSP. Oh, no, no, I think, no, they, they, port, they ported it over to PC and consoles, the, the PS Vita game. Like, I mean, it was I, I guess that's a bit more tolerable from a preservation standpoint. It still exists in some point. But as a consumer, it's still frustrating again that is, I bought this. But because of how digital games work, I didn't read the fine print and realized I'm only buying a license that says I get to play it until they decide I can no longer have it anymore. I mean, I get that point, but it's also fucking stupid. Yeah. They just just patch the DRM out. So if I buy the disc, I own the disc. But if I buy it digitally, you don't own it digitally. Like what? This is this like why is this bat ass backwards? Yeah. Like, just fucking do it. Just stop being dickheads. Stop trying to be gre- you know, greedy for wait, every single wait, goddamn wait, penny. Wait, wait. You don't want companies and corporations and businesses to be dickheads? Yeah. That's asking a lot. Wait, wasn't Google's model supposed to be don't be evil? At one point in time. Yeah, and they yeah. fucked that up, didn't they? What's their model now? What's their motto now? Uh, <laughs> acceptable levels of evil. Money, money, money. <laughs> Which we set ourselves. Yeah, so that was my news. Sass Creed Liberation HD, I believe that is the full title, is, um, yeah, not going to be playable. I think that's the, there might be another one, I'm not sure, but that is the one I have heard of. I mean, I wasn't rushing to go out and play it, and I certainly yeah. am even less likely to do so now. But this this might get a ball rolling. This might be the, uh, you know, the shot that killed Ferdinand. I mean, the... Do what do you have against best? bulls? Oh, I don't give a shit about gun control. It could stay, it could go. I don't care either if, way. If people don't care about this game getting pulled so that you can no longer play it when you know you buy it just because of DRM, what are people not going to care about next? And how far can they keep sliding that over? So yep. that now it's, oh, this game's four years old and three people played it or three people are buying it. Well, that's an under-exaggeration. But there's not a ton of people buying it. 
we're just going to kill the DRM servers so that no one can get it anymore. At what point does it hit that point where people go, wait a second, this is actually really bad. Ten-year-old game, people may not care. Five-year-old game, mm-hmm. maybe people care. I don't know. And I mean, people are caring about this, even though they don't care about the game. They still care so about this. Are people caring wow. about it as a whole, or is it the typical internet amplification we see on things, where it's really not a large sector, but because yeah. of our not necessarily biases, but the things that we focus on, what we like to read about, it's an echo chamber there. I Possibly very loud minority. part of both. I, okay, I, that's, that's fair. How I, I don't know the answer. Is, so. I could be wrong. Hey, Will, it can be wrong at any point in time. Oh, we're aware. Oh, we know. we know. I mean, I didn't. You don't need to say all that extra. <laughs> we we just wanted to confirm it for the people. The people. I mean, I'm sure you have a button where I say that. I Not probably that do. I look to find for it. it. Oh, I think now we need a button that's just bullshit. You don't need a button <laughs> for it. I just said it. I was just looking. I figured he was well, making a button. Look elsewhere. Look elsewhere <laughs> than all your buttons. I don't have motherfucker. You're still looking at your goddamn <laughs> buttons. I can see you. <laughs> well, duh. You son of a bitch. There you go. Hey, Chris, you're hey, on camera. Hey. <laughs> now you Why'd just you see yourself. Me? Why is Bachman over there? I don't know if he's there. He might be over that way. I don't know. <laughs> Why is it just me? I don't like uh-huh. this. You put Willie in a box by himself, he gets confused. Nobody puts baby in a box. <laughs> no, they just put Willie in a box. Step I was just doing that to mess Willy with you at that, that point in time. No, no, step one is you cut a hole in that box. Step two, you put your Willie in that box. <laughs> all right let's wrap things up what you got for us Bach? i need air holes motherfucker <laughs> yeah <laughs> only air hole for you. you you only get one hole <laughs> one just one <laughs> uh so we, two little updates so the one i saw in variety was kind of interesting so we had uh there was a jason bateman chris evans project called project artemis which is just a working title that supposedly is going to get changed and it's had a double replacement due to um what they call it, uh, Bateman left the project due to creative differences, which altered the shooting schedule and meant that Evans couldn't complete work on Project Artemis and Pain Hustlers, his upcoming Netflix uh, feature with Emily Blunt. So we got the who was supposed to be the person running it's out and the person starring in it's out. And the replacements they've got are kind of interesting. So we got Jason or uh, Channing Tatum taking over the Chris Evans role. And then to star in the project and Greg Berlanti stepping in to take over for Jason Bateman to run the thing. And so apparently this was a, it was a, what was it? The Apple films production has suffered a bit of musical chairs since the streaming giant swept in and landed the package for a reported hundred million plus deal. So this is something Apple paid a hundred million dollars for to get the rights to make Scarlett Johansson's on as a producer. It was going to be Jason Bateman and Chris Evans. And now we're getting Magic Mike himself and the man who created the Arrowverse and all things CW, but outside of, you know, the Flash, the Flight Attendant, Riverdale, and movies has only directed Love, Simon, and the Broken Hearts Club. And Tatum's back now with his new movie, Dog, and the Lost City. Apparently, he's also working in on uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance, so there is it will be a trilogy. Who, who, whoever doubted Magic Mike was wrong. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see like what those two would do in a project that was originally supposed to be Jason Bateman and Chris Evans. Like it's, it just seems interesting it, to it me. It could be interesting. I, I'm not sure I'm willing to go to the theaters for it. <laughs> well, it, and it's it's an Apple original film, so yeah. it may not even go to theaters. It may just go straight to Apple TV. Then I only and, own I mean, that for like two months out of the year, so I can watch Ted Lasso. So maybe I'll see it then. There you go. You might see it there. 
yeah, so that one popped up. And then, yeah, the other one I got was uh, the sci-fi article over on the Sci-Fi Wire talking about the new series, Reginald the Vampire and Chucky Season 2. Both are going to come out now, October 5th. I'm about halfway through the first season of uh, Chucky on, um, I think we were watching on Sling, me and the fiance, and I like it a lot more than her because I'm a big fan of Brad Dorff and the original Chucky movies. And she just thought the show was a little slow because it's not quite a horror movie on TV because it does, you know, it's feeling those restrictions of being on sci-fi. So, you know, it's not quite as intense as it could be. It's not quite as, you know, fun, really. It's got some good stuff in it. Just, you know, it could be better, but I've, I've enjoyed some of it. And with, you know, it's Don Mancini, the guy that created it, you know, created Chucky and, you know, the real voice of Chucky. So that kind of set it apart. And honestly, I do like it more than that Chucky remake movie they did a little bit ago. But it was the Reginald the Vampire one that I really got a kick out of when I saw the preview for it because it's everybody's favorite guy in the chair. It's Jacob, uh, was it Bataluna? Batalon, I thought is what it was. Batalon. Yeah, so the 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 Ned Leeds of the MCU Spider-Man is going to be Reginald the Vampire. Like even like the text treatments and stuff they got going for this and all these ads look really cool. Let's see what does it say? Uh, yeah, stars Spider-Man vet Jacob Batalon as the Fang protagonist who struggles to find a sense of belonging in a society populated by glamorous and vain bloodsuckers. So it's Jacob Batalon, you know, just looking like himself dealing with the fact that every vampire in the world is apparently prettier than him. And so it's like, you know, a, a vampire dealing with like self image problems. Is it what? Well, yeah. He can't be with the girl he loves. He's mercilessly bullied at work by his manager and to top things off a vampire chieftain wants him dead. Despite all these obstacles, Reginald soon learns he's got a few unrecognized talents of his own. There's a little teaser for it. There's a bunch of great artwork and like just, um, uh, marketing stuff out. But yeah, so October 5th, I am very much looking forward to it. And their little tagline's even great. It's not your average thirst trap. And it's just a picture of Jacob Badalong standing there with, you know, with, with fangs hanging down. It looks super cute and funny. And I think it's just going to be a really fun show. And that kid is such an amazing actor. I'm just, uh, I'm looking forward to see him doing something outside of the Spider-Man universe. Is he like almost 30? Uh, I think he, he's in his mid to late 20s. Yeah. But like, I mean, he's, you know, he's a really, really good actor. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what he does with this. The show looks like it's just going to be super fun. And, yeah, there's a little teaser out there for Chucky, Chucky Season 2 and for um, Reginald the Vampire. If you want to go watch him on Sci-Fi, they're probably up on YouTube by now. But, yeah, it just looks really good. He's and I mean, 25, I, I want to by the way. It. 25. Okay. So, yeah, mid-20s. So, yeah. And, I mean, and now he's like, and what's funny is he's going in to play Reginald now after he lost a lot of the weight during the Spider-Man movies. And so he's in much better physical shape than he was, but he's still playing a character that has trouble feeling like, you know, he doesn't look as good as everybody else. Oh, it just, it seems like a great character for him to work on. And like the show sounds really funny to me. So I'm looking forward to both of those. I got to go finish watching Chucky, but yeah, the Reginald, the vampire, it just, it looks hilarious. I'm very much looking forward to it. And yeah, Jacob Badalon's a great actor. So it'll be cool to see what he does outside of Spider-Man. Yeah, it could be interesting. I like weird things, so I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm here. That, that's how <laughs> Willie got here, I'll be honest. Oh, I didn't notice this before. Yeah, and so it's a much better title because it was based on a series of novels called Fat Vampire. So, yeah, Reginald the Vampire is a much better title. <laughs> yeah, should be fun. Should be fun. We need more so. fun in the world. 
Well, that's what this is here for. This is more fun in the world. We always have Wait. fun. That vampire wouldn't Famp be better? Famp? Famp yeah. wouldn't actually be bad. That's a good title. Willie just that gave you like that the, one for free, Internet. Mm-hmm. If that was like the crappy name that like the people that like uh, like the bully him, if they just call him a Famp, <laughs> that would be funny. That would be funny. I'll this give you summer, that. you're gonna or this October, you're gonna fat to the famp. Hey, hey now, why, why is it gotta go? I was that pretty way? sure he was gonna go with that alliteration. I, I should have, I should have been, I should have known better. I should have been afraid. Always That's all afraid. I had for my news of the week. Well, on that note, then we'll start wrapping things up with our final little segment called "What I'm Into." That's when we share with you guys watching live or listening at a later date. The geeky and nerdy things we've been getting into because you may want to go check them out yourselves. And I'll kick things off because my list has been pretty short. I've been busy with work and some projects around the house, but did finish Our Flag Means Death on HBO Max. Nice. I It took like three episodes for me to get into it. And then once like it started clicking with me, I had a lot of fun with it. And I thought it was hilarious. And Taika Waititi as Blackbeard is just hilarious to me. Yeah, that's why you need three episodes. Yeah. Taika shows up in episode three, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The show's good, but it becomes great once Blackbeard's involved. And it's a pirate love story. So just keep it that is. in mind, people. It was fun. The gentleman pirate. I enjoyed it. Taika Waititi is a very busy guy, I've realized. He has a yeah, lot of stuff going on. Good for him. Uh, other things we get into. Still replaying Watch Dogs 2 on my Xbox. I, I love that game. It's so much better than the last Watch Dogs game that came out because it's funny. It has heart. It has interesting characters. And Watch Dogs Legion didn't have that. It had fun gameplay, but the characters were boring because the whole concept was any NPC can be the main character. So you can't really build up cool character relationships when it's all random people. Neither here nor there. Uh, I really enjoy it. There's been a bunch of sales on stuff. I almost pulled the trigger on Far Cry 6 for $12.50 as part of the Prime Day stuff. But I'm kind of waiting to see when that shows up on Game Pass since they made that deal with Ubisoft. And I'm probably just going to play Far Cry 5 next because I'd never played it and it showed up on Game Pass as something I could play. I played the first 30 minutes on the cloud streaming and it was fine. I'm sorry, you're going to, you're going to, uh, you're happy about the Ubisoft? I'm happy about what about Ubisoft? I can't hear you, Willie. Still can't hear you. You we just trailed off really. and then there was no audio. Yeah. You're sorry. Say again. I heard you for a second there. Things plugged in. Now you're back. Uh, no, nothing changed. I don't know, but I can hear you now. But what was it you were saying about Ubisoft? Uh, are you happy about Ubisoft when, and their deal thing, even though you know they're dicking around with DRMs? I'm not paying anything outside of my subscription fee to Game Pass for it. Fair enough. <laughs> and Watch Dogs 2 is a sunk cost because I bought that six or seven years ago. Probably more sure. than that. So, no, I'm not too worried about that one. Um, I guess just from an interesting standpoint is the mapping finally started working right on my robot vacuum again on my house. So I was able to make rooms for it and stuff. So it's kind of fun on the main level of my house to be like, hey, G-Word, tell Shark to clean the living room. And it just vacuums the living room. Or tell it to clean the kitchen. And it just goes and vacuums the kitchen and goes back. So that's kind of fun. I like being able nice. to not have to vacuum as much because we have three ant three pets in the house, so there's a lot of pet fur. And having the robot vacuum run pretty much every morning over the main level of the house means I don't have to vacuum myself near as much. So the vacuuming's the best the best chore to do. Why is it the best chore to do? 
Oh, it's it's fun. It's easy, and you get uh, uh you know instant satisfaction by seeing everything get sucked in. I there. live in a townhouse with multiple sets of steps on it, so having to sweep the steps is the worst. <laughs> the worst. Yeah, I see that tear <laughs> going down your cheek. I see it. Call Why, bullshit. It's your fault for having carpeted fucking stairs. It's not my fault. It's what it came with the house. You can take it off. Yeah, it costs money. Or ever. Or effort. It costs yeah. a lot of money and no effort, or a, a little less money and a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just don't use the stairs. Just don't walk on them and get them dirty. How, how am I going yeah, to get to my elevator, bedroom? Yeah, use your elevator, Chris. Jeez. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'll just teleport like Huey. Just go <laughs> over to the East Wing. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> um, I, I think this actually ended after our last show. I uh, watched the boys finale. Really enjoyed this season. Mm. And uh, yeah. Where they're going for good. next season is pretty interesting. If you like Unhinged Homelander, enjoy. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. He's he's pretty that, unhinged. That end sequence with him. Oh, he's just now being unhinged. It's No, now he's being wait, unhinged no. in public. Yeah. Uh, Willie he has my, Willie hasn't watched the rest of it, so I don't want to spoil yeah. too yeah, much. I'm way at, <clears throat> I guess it is all out, so I need to get on that. Yes. <clears throat> it was greatly enjoyable. I like the show a lot. And yeah. What else have been getting? It was a solid finale. I need to buy gas. Sothor Ragnarok. I'll make a trip out to get gas. I bought some stuff for Amazon Prime Day when they did it this week, but it was nothing exciting. Mm-hmm. It was gym shorts and compression shorts and socks. I didn't buy anything fun for Amazon Prime Day, guys, because I didn't buy Far Cry 6. That would have been my fun thing. <laughs> Instead, I bought clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would have been that fun. Eh, clothes are necessary, though. No, I meant Far Cry 6. Mm. I mean, I like Giancarlo Esposito, so... At the very least, I get to have Giancarlo threaten me, which could be kind of fun. The chicken loco. Well, that's why I get into uh, Willie D. Nelson. What have you been getting into? Uh, it's a short list because it's Yakuza Kiwami 2. <laughs> I'm noticing oh a trend God. from week to mm-hmm. week is that it shares one common word of Yakuza. I'm not complaining, mind you. If you haven't you. played... Any of the Yakuza games, start with Yakuza Kiwami. You can, Chris, because I know it's on Game Pass. That's true. Uh, uh, it is. Uh, th- these games, I we, oh my god, they're so good. I love all the ca- characters. Uh, Goro Majima is the best character ever of all things. And even in the original uh, uh, English version of Yakuza, the first one back on the PS2, not the remake, but the original... The, the American, like, translate or the voice cast, uh, Goro Majima was voiced by uh, Mark Hamill. And someone brought that to his attention, cool. and his response was, I don't even remember this. <laughs> to be fair, he's done so much voice acting, I yeah. bet there's a bunch of stuff he goes, the man oh, works. that's what I did? Yeah. Huh, I don't remember. I haven't yeah. heard his, uh, his voice on it, but uh, I mean... I'm not going to lie. The original Japanese guy. Oh, my God. That dude's killing it. Kiruchan. It's fucking great. Love it. Love that guy. Goro Majima. The one, the mad dog of Shimana? Shimana? Shimano? Shimano. Mad dog of Shimano. And, of course, you got your main character, the dragon of Dojima. You know, Kiru Kazuma? Is that it? Kazuma? Feels like there should be another uh, syllable in there, but I'm not sure. I think that's right. I mean, that's all I hear. Kiryu. That's all you really hear. It. So that's all I really. 
Kazuma? Yeah, Kazuma. That sounds right. Yeah, but the second game is getting crazier and better. So far, I play. I started with the remake of the first one, went back to the prequel of Yakuza 0, and now I'm doing the remake of the second game. They never remade 3, 4, or 5, or anyone past that, but because um, those all were on PS3, but they finally localized them. Five was the only one they didn't localize. I would have to do more research on this, but they're all, all part of a collection that you can get them all on the PS4, and I'm assuming also Xbox. I think they're all on Xbox uh, Game Pass. I, I believe think. they all are, but there was maybe one that was leaving and didn't leave. I can't remember all the back history on it. There is one that I doubt I will ever play because it's like a sp- it's like a spinoff uh, game that's uh, like where all the characters are fighting zombies, and it's Interesting. like. Yeah, I'm good on that. I don't need to play that. I hear mixed things of that. But I also want to play the the other spinoff. It's a spinoff as in it's not any of the main characters, but it's in the same um, made-up part of Tokyo, Kamarucho. Um, and it's called Judgment is the first one, and then Lost Judgment. Those are the uh, spinoff titles with different um, main character. That could be interesting, too. Uh, I think you even... I think I think I saw a video where you actually get like a hoverboard in there. I mean, an actual hoverboard, All right, not one of these, act, not one of these real hoverboards where we're like, oh, I'm leaning forward, oh, I'm leaning back, oh. Yeah, you mean those, those things that are false advertising? <laughs> no, those things that are uh, segways without the handle. Yeah, like Fire I said, hazards. false advertising. Yeah, it doesn't hover anywhere. But no, I think yeah, I think he actually does get an actual hoverboard. I don't know nice. if it's uh, partnered with Mattel or not. <laughs> Wasn't it Mattel on the bottom yeah. or something? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but it looks like I, I think I've seen a video where he's like, Jew, or it could have been, a, I hope it wasn't just a mod someone was using, like on the PC version. I hope it's just in the games. That looks fun as hell. Because I haven't actually played any of the judgments. I might go back to those. I would kind of want to do all the, the Yakuza games before even trying those. So I got at least two, three years of games to go through. Nice. Think I mean, I'm kind of happy I'm just now discovering it, but I'm also sad that I'm just now discovering it it's a it's a blessing and a cursing you got a ton you get to play now that's the win oh yeah and oh my god i've already put in like uh i think like 30 or 40 hours in yakuza kiwami 2 nice i just beat the cabaret uh submissions which uh, are like little side uh like little mini game which plays kind of like diner dash except you're sending women for to be hostesses to these tables got to pick the right uh yeah it's it's diner dash it's all a numbers game pretty much <laughs> timing and numbers that's cool i i'm glad you're enjoying those games so much i need to get so back to yakuza like a dragon because i'd kind of stopped for a little bit yeah it's gonna probably i'm gonna probably jump to that one after this one just gonna st- jump straight to that one there's a whole new protagonist so you don't really have to worry about you know following the story i think there are callbacks and stuff and people do show back up but so i can I, go back to the i will say this as someone who the only yakuza game i've played is like a dragon i never felt like i was missing out on anything the way they told the story fair enough that's just me though I, but i do i do know goro majima is in that game he does show up i vaguely if you see anyone game. with an eye patch yeah, yeah. With like a little snake design on it yeah Oh, that's Goro Majima, the Mad Dog of Shimano. Fucking best character. That'll be cool, then. Fucking best character. And it was voiced <laughs> by Mark Hamill in the English translation. That part is awesome. That's neat. But I think only for the 
very first game that came out. I think. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't do the research. I'm just enjoying what I'm getting. Because all the remakes and stuff, they're only in Japanese. I mean, you do get subtitles in English, but you know, everything, they don't change. And the, they actually have a karaoke mini games too. And the guy who does the voice for Kiryu, the main character, uh, he's actually in a band. He's the lead singer mm. of this band. So they actually used his singing voice for the game. Nice. Breaking the law. Breaking the world. Fuck, I put those that song and one Guru Majima sings. That's on my main playlist because it's fucking great. <laughs> Say that I love you. Da, 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 you love me. It's so good. Uh, if you should, I'll, I'll send a link to some of these videos. The fucking karaoke videos are hilarious. Yeah, I don't doubt it. But yeah, I'm just gonna karaoke videos. Uh, huh? I haven't right. seen anything new. I think the only thing I've seen uh, re, uh, last night, buddy came over and we watched Logan Lucky. Uh, he's never seen it. I I fucking love that movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. I mean, it's Channing Tatum and Adam Driver as brothers, and they 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 live in West Virginia and they have a whole plan to go. Rob the Charlotte Motor Speedway. And isn't their uncle Daniel Craig? Yeah. Uh, not an uncle. He's just, uh, he, he plays a character There's named Joe Bang. Yeah, okay. Joe Bang. Couldn't remember if he was family or not I, in that one. I don't know if his last name is actually Bang or if that's just a nickname or both. <laughs> I thought he was family too, but it's been, it's been no, quite a not. while. But I oh, his remember. southern accent is so good. Isn't it? Yeah, now, I'm not talking about the one he had in Knives Out, which is more of like the the French kindness to it, the, the that Louisiana to it. No, no, no. This one is full Southern. You, are you boys as simple minded as people say? And people say that. Fucking Adam Driver with his Southern accent is also hilarious. Fucking love that movie. Highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. It's such a good movie. It wasn't bad. Oh, fuck you. It was great. Nice, though, Willie. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Sorry. I'm sorry. My apologies. Thank you for sharing all that <laughs> with us. We appreciate it. All right. I'm going. Bye. <laughs> uh, Bachman, finish things up for us. What you mean getting into? So I tried to get out of the stuff we were watching. Uh, we watched uh, Down a Dark Hall, which is kind of a, a scary movie or scary house movie mixed with like uh, troubled teens with uh, star Uma Thurman. Uh, not bad, not awesome, but you know, solid, solid movie over on uh, HBO Max. And then we watched um, Cop Shop on uh, Peacock, which has got uh, Frank Grillo and, um, damn it, King Leonidas, um, Gerard Butler. And really good, like, shoot 'em up action movie that takes place in one police station. I really enjoyed that one. I thought the action on that one was really well done. Some of the special effects and the way the kills were done were really cool. Uh, we went and saw Thor Love and Thunder, so that's now movie number seven on our new streak. So every Marvel opening, every Marvel film on opening day, me and Jan have gone and seen since Song-Chi, so keeping that going. And then uh, finished watching, yeah, the, the Boys season finale, which was really good. The Miss Marvel season finale, which I really enjoyed. I, I, I don't know. I think of all the stuff they put on Disney Plus for the Marvel shows. I think that show to me is the most fun. Like, I mean... WandaVision, of course, isn't meant to be a fun show. It's, you know, it's a deep dive into depression and grief, like, but it was really well made and, you know, entertaining to watch, but not fun. Uh, Captain America and Winter Soldier had some good fights in it and stuff, but like dealing with very heavy topics, like very, you know, uh, deep and political intrigue stuff, not exactly fun. Miss Marvel is just a damn fun show. 
really enjoyed it. It's one like I'm pretty sure here in a bit I'm going to rewatch all six episodes because like I really enjoyed it. The love, love the way it left off. I love the world building they did for the MCU in it, and I love. I mean, I I wasn't sold on the whole like changing her stretching powers into basically hard light energy powers, but the way the showrunner did that and the way they made it work in the world makes sense, and so. As they're, you know, making slight changes to the comic book, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's not 100% faithful to the comic, but they made a good show out of it and they made a great character with it. And so, yeah, the the, the storytelling in Miss Marvel as a show is just fantastic. It's really worth it now, especially if you haven't seen it. You can sit down and watch the whole thing all the way through. I think it's probably my favorite Marvel thing that they put on Disney Plus. Like it, it's, you know, since Disney Plus became a thing, it's better. I like it better than all the other shows they put out. So it was it was awesome. And then um, I got about a month behind on my reading. I'm maybe 20 pages away from finishing uh, Mr. Mercedes, the Stephen King book that starts uh, the trilogy with, um, uh, what's his name, Hodges in it, uh, uh, Bill Hodges. And so I'm almost done with that. And that one is one where it took me a while because I actually, I don't know if I got it on sale or something. I got it for like five bucks on Kindle. I've never been able to listen to audiobooks. And so audiobooks go in one ear, out the other, and it, it doesn't stick. I can't remember the story. And so I was never able to do that. And I had found that when I started trying to read a novel on the Kindle app and just looking at digital print, I was having the same problem. I started this book like four or five times. I'd read 50 pages of it. And then a day later, I wouldn't remember what I had read. And so I don't know why it was having like that same effect. But this, I guess, was the sixth or seventh time I tried to read this book. And this time, like, it stuck. And, like, I'm reading through it, and I got 20 pages left. I'm almost done. And I'm really happy because I'm also way behind on my Goodreads reading for the year because, you know, 44 hours a week, I'm just kind of getting sick of staring at screens, you know, computers. And so I've just been ending work and, like, wanting to just go relax and watch TV and just be lazy and not have to focus on anything. So that's kind of, like, killing, like, my drive to want to read. But as I'm you know, getting a little back into it and finish that book. I got my next book lined up, the next couple of books lined up to read. And then I got a bunch of comics to read too. I went and picked up uh, my books at the store and realized I had a month. I had more than a month's worth. So uh, congratulations to our friend, uh, David Peepos. His book is awesome. Um, I'm on the second issue of Savage Avengers and I got issue three ready to read as soon as I'm done. And as you can see from the cover, like he threw him up against Devil Dinosaur you got Black Knight, Cloak, and the Electro Nachos version of Daredevil on the cover for two. Cover for three, you got Electro Nachos attacking a Deathlock. It's a beautiful book. The story's really cool. Conan and the Savage Avengers got tossed back into the Iporian Age, back into Conan's times, and so they're dealing with stuff back there right now while being hunted by the Deathlocks. Really cool, crazy, just epic storytelling. And yeah, awesome, David. It's fantastic. And yeah, I've got a giant stack of comics out there to read. Andy so. was writing something like uh, Avengers Unlimited or something too. I saw on his Twitter, which I think is on the Marvel Unlimited app. Yeah, so yeah, that's what. So he's all yeah. over. Good for him, yeah, man. Mar- I've seen him tweeting back and forth. Dan Slot. Yeah, Marvel's liking him. You know, he's 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 having a heyday. Uh, let's see. Other than that, uh, yeah, trying to get caught up on my AEW. I just finished uh, last Wednesday's Dynamite. And I'm watching the Rampage from last Friday, so I'm an episode and a half behind on my wrestling. And then I did take a little time yesterday. I was watching when I got home with my comics. I popped in uh, the Misery Collector's Edition DVD, and I put that on with the Rob Reiner uh, commentary, which I've never watched it with a commentary on before. And it's kind of cool, all the little things that he's talking about when they're making the film, like the fact that when you see the Paul Sheldon autograph picture that Annie Wilkes has in her house that says 
you know, best wishes, Paul Sheldon. Rob Reiner's like, yeah, I had to sign that because we had to get it done that day and so didn't want to hand it off to anybody else. So I just signed it myself. So he's like, if you ever get my autograph, you'll recognize it because you've seen it in this movie. So, yeah, he's the actual signature of Paul Sheldon, the writer in the Misery movie. It's not James Caan's signature, which I thought was kind of funny, just the fact that Rob Reiner himself did it while he was directing the film. But, yeah, the, the commentary on it's been really cool. And it's, it's just awesome watching those two, you know, James Conn and Kathy Bates just going toe-to-toe where the majority of the storytelling is two people in a room and it's a battle of wills. And Kathy Bates is insanely talented. It's so easy to see how she won the Oscar. It's a little sad Jimmy Conn didn't also win an Oscar. Like, the dude was trapped in a bed for a movie and, like, acted his ass off. Like, every role in that movie is fantastic. And then, yeah, all the little tidbits. Jimmy Conn. Yeah, all the little tidbits of information that Rob Reiner drops in the commentary are really cool. Talk about like a lot of the scenes where they're showing like a scene interspliced when the car wrecked and showing like, oh, we did, you know, we shot this part of it in exterior in the Tahoe Mountains in California with a snow cone machine, like tossing shaved ice in the air. But then when you would turn back and see the other scene, that was on the lot in a room that was just whited out. And so you couldn't see anything as like he's getting drug out the car. I like having the director talk about how they intercut those to make it to where you can't tell. It's just it's really cool when you know you, you listen to the director talking about like the the movie magic way of actually getting certain things to work so that the audience doesn't know about it. But yeah, that was really interesting. I still I want to finish that because I haven't finished the, my rewatch of that. And then uh, playing a bunch of DVD. Um, I shared with Willa the other day. Uh, rank reset was yesterday, and for I believe the first time ever. I got to red rank one in DVD as a survivor and actually got my million blood points on the 13th when rank reset happened. And so, yeah, our matches last night were awful. Every killer we had was either like a four-year-old that couldn't attack anybody or it was a try-hard 40-year-old that wanted to murder and slug everybody and not have any fun. And just, yeah, the matches are ridiculous right now because after rank reset, everybody's in Ash 4. And you got to kind of build your way back up into, you know, playing with people that usually have a little bit more skill. And so, yeah, when everybody's at the bottom of the barrel and everybody's even, you have no idea what you're going in with with your teammates. And so there's still a behind the scenes, what they call uh, MMR. Allegedly. Oh, right. It's a thing. You want to say allegedly. No, no, it's a thing that exists that other games have. I'm saying allegedly because behavior has so much broken code bar you know barbed wired and duct taped into their game <laughs> that i'm not sure their actual mmr is even a system they have turned on like they I'm may just match make i'm giving them a break because they still put out new characters and abilities every three Which, to four months that's the problem instead of giving us four new killers this year and possibly four new survivors and four new maps take one of those chapters just one just take yeah. one three-month period and just fix the game they don't put out new maps every time. I mean, well, I mean, but I mean, they're doing something new four times this year on the roadmap for years. I mean, they seven. have different people working on different parts of the game. Like, yeah, the, they the, should have all of their programmers going in and just cleaning up code. They have six years worth of bad code, and if they right. cleaned it all, I think that game would run a lot smoother. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I did die. I was the only one dead to a face camping Bubba who I had chasing me for like four gen, three or four gens. No. Uh, Willie, you you would have been impressed. The other was it last night? I think it was last night. Jana was being chased by a Bubba. She looped him, 
for three gens. We got three gens done while a bubble was chasing her. Her, she, her lupin's getting much better. And then she died on that hook. <laughs> no, we did save her. We did get there and save her. Yeah. I mean, don't. the best thing to do against a face camping bubba is to just do yeah. gens and get out. Don't let and him get out. Yeah. Yeah, we had a, a couple of killers last night. Yeah, we Be were doing some Chris. some annoying face camping, and yeah, it's just awful because it's like if everybody's not running borrowed time, which even then, like last night, I got tunneled off the hook with borrowed time and still went down because the killer would not leave me. Like it was insane. But it'll it'll be interesting to see when the new system comes out. Excuse me. Supposedly, it's either this week or next week. We're supposed to get the new progressive upgrade, the changes to all the perks, like f- roughly forty of them. The whole new UI happening? system. It, it was on the PTB, and they've done the response to the feedback to it, so it could be as early as this Tuesday or next Tuesday. Okay, so there's not a set date. Okay, I thought no, there isn't a set date happened. yet. Yeah, they haven't announced it yet, but yeah, it could be gotcha. as early as this Tuesday because they say they're just at this point they're just saying it's coming. But we all know usually when it hits the PTB, it's the next week or the week following, and they have already announced changes that they made based on the feedback from the public test build. So with those changes already finished, like I'm hoping Tuesday we might see the new system. And after I got that million blood points, I put, I think, about 400,000 of them into my clown, which now gives me seven survivors that are prestige three with every perk and four killers that are prestige three with every perk, which according to the new update, the way they're going to count everybody's progress in the new system, all of those characters should be prestige level nine in the new system because now you can go from level one to level 100 on the prestige scale and you get like a different little you know icon as you go up through the ranks so yeah all those characters that i've had that i now have prestige three with every perk should be level nine in the new system when it comes out and have uh, i think it's a scratch mark background they got rid of the yellow glowy one that everybody apparently hated on the ptb where if you had a triple prestige character it was supposed to be like sparkly lights over your character and it just kind of looked like a mustard overlay and it was just kind of fuzzy. And so everybody hated it. And upside, though, they had put in the ability to turn that overlay on or off. And that will be involved with the new background that you get that looks like uh, it's uh, motion scratch marks. So it basically looks like your character's running in the background behind in their profile. So the scratch marks are moving, but you can turn it off and on if you want to. But yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that because, yeah, a new system where we're not having to spend. Oh, and also the. New system where we supposedly having to spend less blood points to level stuff up, earning perks in a better, more cohesive way to where when you prestige a character three times, every character you buy from that point forward will have those perks at level three. That means, you know, new characters on day one, you could, you know, be starting a brand new character and have them have 60 level three perks the moment you buy them. Like, that's kind of nice to where you're not having to start them off get to level 10 and try to do, you know, just their adept and having no perks on that character other than the ones you got as you bought the 10 levels. And then uh, to go along with that, they're adding the new blood cap of 2 million blood points. So they are now doubling the blood cap. I still think they should have added a zero. I think you should be able to add 10 million into your account, but at least 2 million is progress. Like I have 2 million blood points right now. Yeah. So yours still isn't going to go up. <laughs> well, when rank reset happened, I was at a million, and then rank reset happened at the end of our match, and I was like, oh, I'm at two million now. Yeah, <laughs> So you got two million sitting out there that you're just not going to spend? Well, see, yeah, the I'll upside, think about it. Well, the upside will be, like, if you keep that, when the new system comes out, you can spend those two million blood points on your Dwight, and you might be, like, prestige level, you know, 12 by then. 
And you could actually level him up and keep leveling him up and then have that number there that shows, hey, this is the one character I play. Because then it's going to be a question. If you get a character to level 100 on the prestige system now, that'll mean you went through 5,000 blood webs with that character. Because you got to get to level 50 and then prestige and then do it again and again and again. How many people are actually going to have multiple level 100 prestige characters is going to be my question. Because it's going to be crazy if people do that with multiple characters. I'm thinking I'm just going to do it with my Steve. My Steve Harrington will be Prestige 100, and then I'll just play everybody else. Uh, I do have some news that just uh, I got an email for. Oh. Well, then that's uh, what I've been doing. What you got, Willie? Uh, apparently, open beta starts July 26th for Multiverses. Uh, do you guys I remember what that. Multiverses is? Yeah, yeah I couldn't get into the closed beta, and I, I tried. And early access to the open beta begins July 19th. How you get into that? Uh, this email is not telling me a damn thing about that. For more info on open beta early access, visit the website multiverses.com. This is the, the Warner Brothers one. Yeah, Shaggy versus Batman. <laughs> Shaggy versus I'm sorry, Batman. Ultra Instinct Shaggy. There's a Bugs Bunny versus Steven Universe. Mm. There's a bunch of them in there. And for some reason, Arya Stark. Some of the streamers I saw that had uh, had uh, played this before said it was really good. Ooh, the Iron Giants in there? That's cool. We'll see. That's good news, Willie. I'd seen that pop up on Twitter while we were talking, and I think the Overwatch 2 beta is supposed to start soon as well. So. Yay, rapist. <laughs> Whoa, what? Overwatch is Blizzard. They... Oh. I'm sorry, how's McCree doing? I don't know. I haven't played Overwatch in like three years. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, they got caught with a bunch of them doing a bunch of sh- weird, shady shit. Especially the uh, guy who McCree is named after. They changed his uh, name. Was oh, it did he actually change? They yeah. changed McCree's name because the dude was so shady? That's crazy. Yeah, he was doing some rapey, rapey stuff. Not good stuff? Yeah, Yikes. feel free to blank out those words, Chris. I fully understand that. I didn't think of it until just now. They didn't say anything. <laughs> I mean, it's what they did. Yeah, I mean, it's just what they did. It was like I'm saying do anything. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. tracking. You're fine. You're talking about things that happened, not things that we were doing or anything like that. It's newsworthy. Well, the things were. No, doing. no, <laughs> we already finished what I'm into. So on that note, we are going to start shutting <laughs> things down. Thank you, everyone who did join us live and those that join us later by watching on YouTube or downloading from atgnpodcast.com. We do stream this show live every Thursday right now. We'll see how these things shift. And just pay attention to Twitter to figure out when we're doing it. We'll post the dates and times on there. I have a scheduled bid coming up. But before we (laughs) shut this thing down, did you guys have any final thoughts to share with the people? Uh, Yes, the things that we will do. uh, Chris, next time we ever do hang out in the same little location, I'm going to bring a specific kind of wax and we're going to shine our heads and we're going to rub. Okay, uh, Bachman, any final thoughts for the people? I'm just going to pretend I really didn't say any of that. (laughs) Y'all have fun with that because I ain't doing it. <laughs> I ain't doing it either. I mean, what? Uh, well, what? What? I don't well, know I'm what's going force on. You. I'll oh. force you. Hey, hey. Uh, All right, Blizzard, settle down. Have a shiny head. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.
Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek Radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.